your host on Scrubs Up Unzipped, unveiling healthcare's hidden passions. And today I have with me Miss Holly Webb. Can you say hi and introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Holly Webb. I'm a respiratory therapist in Northern Arizona. I've been practicing for almost 20 years. Thank you so much for having me, Anne-Marie. You're welcome. 20 years. That is so long to my, that's so long to my little like 10 years. You're like Not really. two times more experienced than I am. <laughs> I don't think of it that way. So, so yeah, it definitely does. So I want you to imagine you had a time machine that you could take back to your early days in healthcare. What's one thing you tell your younger self besides investing in Apple, of course? <laughs> of course. The one thing I would tell RTs and myself back when I didn't know anything was to research your market. There are so many different practices out there, so many different facilities. There are critical access facilities that just do very basic care all the way up to and including huge teaching facilities and trauma facilities. So get an idea what you want to do in your career and be mindful of that. Also, research the facilities and especially the, the organizations and see how they are. Talk to other therapists and see uh, how the working conditions are, if they are uh, really good to their therapists, if there's a lot of turnover. Uh, kind of uh, keep your eyes wide open going in and research your options a little bit. There's a lot to consider in this profession if I knew that, I may have made some different choices back when I first started. Wow, that is so um, introspective because sometimes when I first graduated, I was just like looking for a job. <laughs> I didn't care where I worked. I just was uh, looking for to get paid and to make sure that I could pay my bills. So I wasn't even doing no research because when you're a new grad you have no experience so you have nothing to like negotiate with but that's a good point like since now these days are different like 10 years ago like no one really knew about respiratory but now like everyone knows about respiratory and they know that we're important so i think your your point is very great holly that you said to do research about the organization that you want to work for and make sure you get um opinions based on people who've already worked there so that's definitely a good that's a good use of your time machine <laughs> so i want <laughs> well, you, you to <laughs> i want you to share a patient or client success story that deeply resonated with you and reflects the impact of your healthcare work or side passion the one that impacted me the most, and I still think of it to this day. Uh, this was uh, during H1N1, and I want to say that was around 2012. So probably going on like 10 years ago, we had a teenage Duchenne multiple muscular dystrophy patient who came in. He was very sick, and I was working the night shift, and he was in distress. He wound up uh, going into cardiopulmonary arrest. We worked on him for a long time, long enough for his family to come in. And his mom finally made the choice 
to ask us to stop uh, doing CPR. And we did. And we discovered that he had a pulse still. And mm -hmm. we were able to get him intubated. He was a very tough intubation because he's got that really short neck. And but they had to be he had to actually be intubated in surgery. He was eventually trached, but he survived. Wow. He pulled through. He recovered. And I saw this is emotional for me. I saw mm. a newspaper clipping where he had walked in his high school graduation oh, following wow. that experience. And I have to say that is the one most amazing experience that stood out for me as a respiratory therapist. I'll never forget it. Wow. Yeah, that is like, that is so touching because once we're in that moment and we're just doing CPR, like, we don't know if they're going to come back. Like, we give all the, we give the epi, we do the shocks, but we don't know for certain, like, yeah. if our efforts will actually have their life. And a good, and it's great that he has a great quality of life. Like, he, he's in school, he graduated. So, I get, that is like, I would, I would remember that too if that was my patient. So I think you did a great job with um, facilitating and using your skills to help save lives. And I want to go into your background. Like what drives your passion for healthcare in healthcare and in your side passion or side hustle? I, I really want to help people. I really want to help people recover and live a better quality of life. I know that conventional medicine is limited and it continues to become limited more and more. And people are starting to catch on to the fact that nutrition and lifestyle play a very big role in preventing illness and avoiding, uh, chronic diseases and being able to reverse them if chronic diseases do set in. And so it's important to me to be able to educate not only in what it takes to maintain your health, but what it takes to avoid getting sick later on. Yeah, it's definitely like a two-way street. Like you have to be an advocate in your own health. And you have to, like, do your research, really. So how do you balance Absolutely. your, how do you balance your main job and your side passion? Like, I know it can be demanding. Can you share some strategies or practices you've developed to main, manage your time effectively and avoid burnout? I limit the amount of work that I take on. If I don't feel like I can handle the task, I've learned my limitations and that takes time and trial and error. And sometimes it's impossible, but I really do my best to balance my schedule from day to day, not take on uh, too many uh, work shifts at the hospital and not take on too many uh, clients for uh, nutrition or any other commitments. I keep a schedule and I try to adhere to it. And I'm very careful. This is probably the biggest one. I'm very careful what I commit to. I'm very, I'm very much uh, committed to doing what I say I'm going to do 
And so I'm really careful if there's something that I've been asked to do. A lot of times I'll say, well, let me take a look at my schedule. Let me think about it and see when I might be able to get that done. Holding off mm -hmm. on making commitment right away has helped me to balance. I would say that's probably my biggest piece of advice. Yeah, that is definitely, that is like a good point because sometimes we like, someone asks us like, can you go to my baby shower? Like, oh, well, I have to check my schedule, but send me your Amazon link so I can buy something. <laughs> so sometimes like you want to be there physically. And now since we're going back outside, like there's more things to do and more events to go to so you just have to really choose like how you use your time and i think that's very important so going back to healthcare, what's a common misconception or myth that you've encountered and could you share some insights or experiences that dispelled that misconception i think the most common misconception in healthcare is that the doctor knows everything and you want so much to be able to rely on your medical providers, but it's also important to sometimes question their advice or research, be your own healthcare advocate, like you said, research your mm -hmm. condition, research treatments, and have especially a provider that is open to alternative therapies uh, besides what that provider prescribes. There is a whole world opening up. I think we've all heard of uh, Google MD <laughs> and people are becoming more, they have more access to information now than they ever did. And they can use that to their advantage. So I hope that people will start to kind of question uh, what other things, especially kind of natural things they can incorporate diet, exercise, lifestyle, and especially uh, making sure to manage stress and get adequate sleep because those things are often addressed and they are paramount to staying healthy. Yeah, sometimes we forget about doing like the basic activities of living, like how we teach our patients, <laughs> like sleeping and eating and drinking water, and doing all of the basic things. As we conclude this interview, is there anything you would like to tell the audience about your passion or anything else you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, I would like to encourage, especially respiratory therapists just starting out, to persevere. We are a fairly young profession and we've gone through a lot of growing pains, especially in the last almost 20 years that I've been in the field. But it's so promising and we're really starting to come on the scene in a lot of ways. RTs are very diverse. You can go into so many different things as far as pulmonary function testing, neonatal, pediatrics, like what you're doing, uh, critical care, uh, ECMO. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And I, I really feel like uh, continuing to push to put ourselves on just the just to make our our name known out there is uh, really uh, 
what we need to do. And that's really what our society, the AARC is encouraging. Even they even are encouraging now an advanced practice certification. Ohio State has it. So I went ahead and got my bachelor's in nutrition and learned after the fact that for the advanced practice credential that they require a bachelor's in respiratory. So if you are thinking about going forward in this field, that may be a next logical step. There may become a time where we may even be able to become practitioners. Uh, they, there are hospitals that are taking on respiratory practitioners in addition to nurse practitioners. So that's something I think to strive for as a profession and uh, just continue to put the word out there and let people know who we are. Yeah, that is amazing because some people, they don't want to go back to school and go to nursing or they don't want to go back to school and be a PA, but they really love respiratory. They really love the lungs. Like they don't want to do nothing below the belt. <laughs> so it just, it, so it's just like, I love the lungs, but I just don't love the other part. I don't like poop. So I think that is like, a good um a good career path and especially in the future um getting your education is very important i think we so can blaze blaze that trail i think we can <laughs> yes yeah. definitely blaze the trail it's not going to be easy but you still keep trying don't give up so thank you so much exactly. holly thank you so much holly You're for so welcome. uh taking the time out to share your passions behind the scrubs and um, tell everyone where people can reach you and um, get in touch with you. Well, I am also a health coach and I am also a community outreach assistant through the University of Arizona through the SNAP-Ed program. So I wear many hats. You can find me at uh, uh, hollyshealthcoaching.weebly.net if you wanna check out my health coaching website. And I'm here in uh, Concho, Arizona. So. Look me up if you're ever out this way. Take care. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Holly. And this would be the end of the episode. And uh, talk to you next time. All right. You take care, Anne-Marie. Thank you.